Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen. And welcome back to Black True Crime. If this is your first time here at the show, welcome and hello. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having a blast today. Welcome, y'all. Come on in. Enjoy the show, or at least we hope. Kick your shoes off. Kick your feet back. This week's case is crazy. I enjoyed writing it so much. And I hope you guys enjoy listening to it. And if you're on Patreon, I hope you enjoy watching it. Because there are some graphic pictures that are going to be included. And you guys know I don't post that stuff on the social media. So you have to be on Patreon to get it. Mm -hmm. And starting March 1st, you have to be on the $3 official patron tier or higher to see all of the video episodes okay wow it's a little bit of a change with that being said we're moving (laughs) on up y'all are you just just a little bit the trial the trial (laughs) kristen please the trial tier which is only two dollars a month you still get one episode a month so you still will catch an episode you know but you know move on up with us yeah because given that it's four episodes a month like you're Mm -hmm. missing out yeah you're missing out so are you guys ready to get started? I don't know about them, but I'm ready. Let's get into it. Okay. Losing a loved one at an early age can change the course of the rest of your life. It can derail your journey or point you in the right direction. But what happens when trying to fill that void leads you to someone that promises you the world just to later take you out of it? Well, today we are going to find out. Join us as we discuss the senseless murder of Joy Risker. Girl, that intro, for the last two times for us to not even have an intro, and then you pull that out of your crack, I'm obsessed wow. with it. Thanks, Obsessed. Sister. I had I to talk, and I didn't even, like, want to, but I had to say, ooh, Jesus. Well, I don't want you to feel bad about it either, because thank you for giving me my flowers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, this case is going to be a little crazy, a little like scandalous. Oh, that hit my heart when you even said mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say at the top, rest in peace to Joy. She was incredibly beautiful and she did not deserve to have her life taken. Did not deserve to have her life taken, period. Rest in peace, Joy Risker. So Joy Lynn Risker was born on July 15th, 1978 in Detroit, Michigan. But she relocated to San Diego shortly after that. That's like a huge change. It is. (laughs) You go from the Midwest to the West. Rural West. She started life initially with her mom and her dad. But when she turned nine, her parents divorced and her dad moved back to Detroit. Mm. And from what I was getting, it was giving I was a daddy's girl type of vibe. You know, like when he left, it kind of tore her up inside. Shattered my entire existence. 
there you go. There you go. But the people around her, the people closest to her, would probably say they didn't even fucking notice unless she said anything. Because to her friends, Joy was super smart and creative. She was positive and bubbly and just like a really fun time. Aww. <laughs> I, I, I be wanting to be some those type of people so bad where you're right? like going through some of the worst stuff, but you still have a smile on your face. Ugh, <sighs> it's just not me. No. I still still had a lot of growing to do. (laughs) Some of her friends even said that anyone that spent more than an hour with her, it would be a complete surprise if they just didn't fall in love with her. So I'm like, wow, she was like out here changing lives and, you know, making impacts at such a young age. This is high school joy. Yeah, like she was a beautiful person. Mm hmm. Since her dad left, Joy had been longing for a father figure, just like a male role model type to step into that role. But since she didn't have it, her relationship with her mother became extremely close and they kind of just use each other as emotional support, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm sure her mom was struggling through that divorce as well. Mm-hmm. But Joy wanted more. She didn't have a lot of extended family members, but wanted that family feel. So she kind of surrounded herself with like a group of friends, which Kristen, you know, we could relate. We've done that. And they kind of acted as her extended family. And they were all super close. You guys will see pictures of this. I'll post them on the Instagram. And they would go to parties and raves. Ooh, okay. Be safe, Joy. I've never been to a rave. I've wanted to go. I know. I know. And Joy was like 16. So it's like. Like, how do you even know what a rave, where a rave is at 16 years old? I don't know. It was a different time. This was the 90s that Mm. she was this age. So, oh, shit. Kristen. Yeah. What happened? Black history segment. (laughs) What happened in black history in 1978 or in Michigan or whenever you wanted it to be? Yeah, because you specifically told me I can do whatever I want this week. So Yes, I did. <laughs> I decided to go for that option. And okay. today, you guys, we are getting into the story or a little bit about the story and the accolades of Morgan Freeman. Kristen, now, Morgan Freeman? Mm-hmm. Specifically, his name is Morgan Porterfield Freeman Jr. Oh, my God. Yeah, we love him. Little like- man. <laughs> our mom used to call him like her husband or her grandpa or something like that <laughs> very different <laughs> i can't even tell you which one it was though okay <laughs> so let's get into it born on june 1st 1937 to a barber morgan porterfield freeman senior and his oh. wife mame edna morgan in memphis tennessee morgan freeman was that man coming out the cooch okay motherfucker, period He moved a lot growing up, but he mainly lived in Mississippi, Indiana, and Chicago, Illinois. Mm. In 1955, Morgan Freeman received a partial scholarship for drama to Jackson State University, but he didn't go because he was like, (laughs) you know what, I'm going to enlist into the Air Force. So Uh he did that, and he stayed with the Air Force for a few years, at least five. And after leaving the Air Force, Morgan Freeman studied acting and dance in L.A., New York City, and San Francisco in the early 60s. dance for me. Kayla, Kayla, when I saw that he studied dance, I said, I know (sighs) Morgan can get down. I know He's just a real man. He's a real man. He knows how to ballroom dance. Mm. 
Sexy. Anyway, in 1967, Morgan Freeman made his professional debut in, you guys, this is old terms, and I'm going to probably just spell it out because I don't have time. The <laughs> N-I-G-G-E-R Lovers. Okay. Oh, my God. This is the name of the off-Broadway play, but don't fear. It was actually a play about the Freedom Riders and civil rights. But I guess back then, like, it was okay to use that word as the name of a freaking play. <laughs> I don't know, Kristen. Let's not dwell. It was 1967, y'all. Okay. Four years later, Morgan Freeman broke into television on PBS um, mm-hmm. on a children's show called The Electric Company. I don't know. Has anybody seen that show? If so, let us know. I've never seen it. I've heard of it. Dope. Morgan Freeman went back to films after being with PBS for quite a few years. I think it was like five years, 71 to 76, something like that. Mm -hmm. He went back to films in the late 70s, appearing in Mm -hmm. movies like The Mighty Gents, Driving Miss Daisy, Bruce Almighty, and Glory. And Shawshank Redemption. And Shawshank Redemption, and Mm -hmm. Million Dollar Baby, Mm -hmm. and so forth and so forth. Mm -hmm. In total, Morgan Freeman has been in at least 113 movies. Nice. He's won one Academy Award, two Golden Globes Awards, zero Tonys and zero Emmys, and two Screen Actor Guild Awards. And no Oscars? No. I said that to say about his accolades because we all know that Morgan Freeman was a phenomenal actor, probably Mm -hmm. a phenomenal person. Yet Mm -hmm. he didn't get a lot. He had a lot of nominations, but he didn't Mm -hmm. win a lot of awards. So -hmm. this is to say that just because you don't feel like you're winning awards or being noticed or acknowledged Mm -hmm. does not mean you are any less of an amazing, superb person. And really good at your craft and have changed the lives of millions. That's a little bit about Morgan Freeman Jr. I never knew that he was a junior. I'll probably go in more detail when I create my little Black History segment video. So that's all for today. I haven't even posted yours. I forgot to post it last week. I'll post it this week. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, sister, for that little trip down Morgan Freeman Lane. Because I don't really know if that was history. but A little trip down Freeman Lane. There you go. All right. So Joy was at the point in a teenager's life where you kind of feel like you have to choose whether to have fun or to be a kid and do nothing like your parents basically want you to. Because Joy was so close to her mother, she really wasn't like trying to disappoint her. You know, she wanted to keep her happy and to make her proud. So she was struggling to balance those expectations. Aren't we all? Yes. Still to this day. Joy and her mother were church-going people, so sometimes Joy wouldn't be allowed to go out the night before. According to the Oxygen show called Killer Relationships that covered this case, Joy really only went to church to appease her mom. And it's not to say that she didn't like believe in God herself, but she was more trying to be free and focused on that at 16, which I fucking mm-hmm. get. But one day when Joy and her mother went to church, they met a 27-year-old youth pastor named Sean Barclay Goff. Hmm. I think it's Joff, but I'm going to say Goff. I definitely think it's Joff, but okay. Okay. Are you looking at him? Yes. What's it giving, Kristen? What is it giving? Well, his younger picture, it's like, oh, he's a cutie. Whatever. His older picture is giving. He likes to be Dom, but he also likes to be submissive. Oh. Um, yeah, it's it's giving rock star lifestyle. Might not make Might it. Might not make it. Uh, <laughs> it's just giving all of that. It's yeah, giving all it's, of that. 
it's giving hot rotisserie for me. It's giving clammy behind the ears and the creases of the <laughs> neck. Oh, God. It's giving I drink 13 beers a day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All yeah, right, moving on. This is why we can't have too much fun because we just like fucking dick around. Despite what we think about Sean, <laughs> Sean was apparently an incredible preacher in the sense of like being good at preaching. He was charismatic, seemed to be actually educated about what he was teaching about instead of just like saying it, you know, mm-hmm. and people just naturally seemed to see him as a leader and put him in those types of positions. People today, they're walking around wearing their feelings on their sleeve, having problems left and right, always in some kind of a turmoil. God is not the most important thing in their life. It's themselves. Amen. Um, I mean, it's, there's fact and truth to that, but like, yeah. His voice <laughs> is giving preacher voice. Like, mm-hmm. his face is giving fat French Montana. <laughs> his face is giving greasy meat mart owner. <laughs> it's giving I flip burgers. Uh, it's giving Bob's burgers. <laughs> okay we were supposed to stop yeah yeah okay so let's be professional please right so once joy's mother whose name is gwendolyn i thought that was really cute i love that once she i know right once she met sean she knew that he would be the one to help draw joy into the church and away from partying so initially it started out as gwendolyn just going to sean and asking him for advice on how to basically parent joy a little bit better and draw her into the right direction and sean was like yeah of course i'll help you like of course so every friday the church would have something called chapel and when joy would be there she'd be just being herself frolicking dancing in the halls and eventually soon after that she joined the youth group to be closer to sean and that's what Yes, that's what people close to her actually said out of their mouths. They were interviewed for the show that I watched, and they literally said that they were aware she was attracted to Sean. I was, I'm not even going to equate her taste of men to her daddy issues, because that doesn't even Mm -hmm. have to be related. I'm just going to say that she was looking for something, and she Mm -hmm. felt like she could find it in Sean. Yes, period, Kristen. And she quickly latched on to Sean, but not just Sean, you know, who at that point was the only stable male figure in her life, but she also latched onto the youth group, which acted as that stable family vibe that she needed. Mm-hmm. So from what I'm hearing so far, I'm I'm more so I'm happy for Joy. She's seeming like she's getting what she's been wanting her entire life and she's seeming very happy with it. So And it seems like it's in a safe space. Right, right, right. Team Joy. Team Joy this whole fucking team case, Joy. but yes, mm-hmm. Team Joy. So soon, Joy was giving up her partying and nightlife to volunteer at the church more and even got her a little job at the church, working as Sean's assistant. Oh, Dot, 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 dot. Not good. I don't like where this is going. It's giving R. Kelly. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, it's giving predatory vibes. But it seems like Gwen, who was Joy's mom, is very happy about these changes that she's seeing in her daughter. She's spending more time at church, okay? And I can relate because I was going to church at one point, every single service, literally just to see a boy. So, you know. <laughs> I just feel like it's it kind of sucks because it's like, okay, 
church you're equating church to be like the end all be all of everything good and it's just mm-hmm. simply even though it's supposed to be like that it's just simply not it's not there's predators everywhere you know? yeah and I, but i guess there at the same time there's worse places to be than up Absolutely. in the church and once you started working more at the church they were noticeably inseparable and it, it gave everybody, like, around the church, it gave them the father-daughter vibe. There was nothing really off about it at that point. Mm-hmm. But in 1996, when Joy turned 18, she had a huge life decision to make. And she went to the man in her life she trusted the most for advice. Okay. So, basically, she goes to Sean. She says, hey, Sean, I'm, like, sick of being in my mother's house under her nose every moment. I want some independence. I just don't really know how to go about getting it. So Sean, being the helpful man that he is, says, come on, you can stay with us. You can move in with me and my wife. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's giving creepy. Yeah. I feel like the man to tell her that, like, let the wife let her know that, not you. Exactly. It's taking, like, slow steps toward really gross yeah all this happened within two years she met him when she was 16 so by 18 she's like you know he's like move in with us it's getting a little weird weird. yeah Mm -hmm. we hadn't talked about sean's wife before this point but he does have a wife and her name is sheila and sheila also works within the ministry and knows joy so she was probably just like okay we're helping this young girl out dope Mm -hmm. cool no problem Mm -hmm. with it And instead of paying to stay there, Joy agreed to help Sheila around the house and to take care of their newborn son. The couple just had a son. So, oh, okay. So, this is mess. This is mess. But Joy loved kids. So she probably saw this as the perfect situation for her. I'm out of my mom's house. I have a way, you know, to live and provide, I guess, for myself by helping out these other people. So Mm -hmm. she was happy. So the house was a two-bedroom home, and she had her own room, and then Sheila, Sean, and the baby stayed together. And this move was fully supported by Gwen, Joy's mother. She said, yes, yes, Joy, this is a great situation for you, and accepted Sean as the father figure that he was trying to be in Joy's life. Mm-hmm. She's on board, Kristen. She's on. She's Team Joy. Team Joy. I get it. Like, her mom just wants the best for her, even if the best for her is giving red flags. She's like, I mean, (laughs) it could be worse. It's giving pump your brakes. Let's take a second look. You know, but she's 18. She can't really tell her she can't do it. So Mm -hmm. she's just trying to support her daughter. Mm -hmm. And even the church congregation supported the move. But that would quickly change when in September 1997, a friend of Sean named Leif, which I thought that was pretty cool. It's it's spelled L-E-I-F. Oh, cool. Leif. Leif received a very weird email from Sean. Sean accidentally copy and pasted a message history of a conversation that he had with another man. Kristen, listen to this. Y'all, listen to this. Thanking that man for performing a marriage ceremony between him and Joy. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this oh, man yeah. got married to Joy. So now he yes. has two wives. Like, yes. ill. Joy's 18 <laughs> or 19 at the time. Right. Exactly. So this is not good. And it, I feel like sharing your spouse, like, rarely turns out well it can work for some people that are completely consensually doing it 
but it's rare. Yeah. It's rare. So polygamy was not accepted within the church or like in the United States. I think it's illegal in most countries or most states. Mm-hmm. So Leif and Sean knew that if anyone found out in the church, it could possibly ruin like his place in the ministry. You so Leif could So why did you do it? <laughs> you f- dummy. So Leif confronted Sean, who initially denied it, right? But when Leif brought up the email, which is like black and white, I can see it, Sean then confessed. And then he tried to justify it by saying, Krista, what do you think he said? Something regarding the Bible. Like, there you go. There you go. He said many men in the Bible. (laughs) There we go. Many men in the Bible, like Abraham and David had multiple wives. And since they did it, it's fine. You're corny, Sam. Sean. (laughs) You're corny, Sean. Like, are you joking? You're basically saying, oh, because they did it hundreds and hundreds of years ago when there was a whole different law system and a whole different rule of morality. I can Mm -hmm. do it now. No. Like, the law literally says you can't do it. So I'm not really sure what the Old Testament Bible has to do with today. But okay. <laughs> Did you even ask mm-hmm. your wife? That's the question. Why are you trying to justify something? Oh, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. <gasps> he then went on to explain that the couples don't share a bed or anything. Like, it's not like they like have threesomes or bang together. The two women stay in separate bedrooms and then Sean just alternates between the two rooms. You know, I'm sure he day. loves that. I'm disgusted. Oh <laughs> God. I'm disgusted. Well, hey. To each his own, but also he's trash. I was going to say the only reason we're discussed is because that's not our culture in any way, shape, or form. So it's, it's like- It's not that. It's not that I'm disgusted by that. I'm disgusted because I know that this isn't like a consensual situation, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's a manipulative, like power hungry, power grab situation. Yeah. Sheila only went along. See, here we are already. Speaking of. Sheila only went along with the arrangement because she was raised to believe that the man has like the ultimate say will go about what goes on, you know, in the house. And she just really didn't have a choice, like get with it or get gone type of thing. Girl, couldn't have been me. No, Chris, it will never be me. Leif was disgusted and went to Sean's brother to ask like for his opinion on what to do. And apparently Sean's brother don't play that shit and was like snitch, like tell the people at the church. Yeah, he was like, at least go to Sean and be like, okay, you need to tell the people at the church. And if you don't, I will type of thing. Yeah, because like you're lying to them. You don't even you're not even telling them the truth about your people. And you found her in the church like that is very predatory. Very much so. He might have been like preying on her since she was 16. Maybe something happened, you know, before she was 18. We just don't know. I pray not. But who knows? Team like Joy. we just That's all I can say. It, yeah, because like Joy's young, okay? Like what the mm-hmm. heck? Like she thinks she yeah. knows what she wants, but in 10 right. years from now, like she probably would not have made that freaking mistake, you know? Right. But that Sean's grown. Like you should know yeah. better. No excuse, right? Sean's brother then snitched to Joy's mom. <laughs> period. And she was really shocked and really upset, but it didn't last too long because eventually Sean, I guess just convinced her to be okay with it spent his doctrine because you know he's a preacher at the church so Mm. they're already feeling like he's a man of god he wouldn't tell us wrong and eventually gwen was okay with it girl 
Gwen. <laughs> Cut the crap, Gwen. Like, that's the thing. I feel like people are sometimes get so caught up in trying to be righteous. Like, even Mm -hmm. for myself, sometimes I get so caught up in trying to just do right that I start to like neglect some common sense things or, Mm -hmm. or I feel like, okay, maybe it's okay to do this because blah, 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 blah. No, like, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if that man is coming in God's name, coming in Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. If he's doing some stuff that don't sound right, don't seem right, trust your instincts overall. Right, right. And she really just didn't want to isolate herself away from her daughter. She wanted her daughter to feel supported like she has always done. You know, they really were that close together. But Mm -hmm. I just wish she may have maybe put her foot down a little bit more. But at the same time, Joy is an adult at this point. Her mother literally cannot force her to do anything. Yes, it just sucks that Joy didn't even tell her mom. Sean's brother had to tell her freaking mom. Yeah. And when Joy's mom came on board it was like i support this this made sean be like oh hell no i'm not telling the church oh hell no i'm not feeling bad for what i'm doing he felt even more justified in his actions so Leif had no other choice but to tell the church and because of this sean was fired period goodbye sean you're doing too much (laughs) you're doing way too much this isn't what we stand for like right you knew that though but you knew that and Leif gave him chances, gave him chances mm-hmm. to own up to his stuff. So it's like, Leif, I ain't even considering you a snitch. I ain't even yeah. mad at you. I ain't mad at you at all. If anything, Sean's brother is more of a snitch than you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It doesn't even seem like Sean's brother even had a conversation with him. He was like, <laughs> God, there's some family shit going on there. Mm-hmm. So other friends in her life say that they tried to make sure it wasn't like a blink twice for help type of situation and said they made it a point to make sure that joy knew if she wanted to leave like if she ever wanted to get out they would support her and help her do it Mm -hmm. but joy said that she would she this is what she wanted she was happy and this is where god wanted her to be so (sighs) when you bring god into it it's kind of hard for you to be like listening to outside opinions i think you know she was trying to she was trying to do right and this is what she thought was right She even linked up with her old high school friends and told them about her life and her new relationship. They expressed their concerns at first because they're like, okay, this man's way older than you. Your youth pastor's giving us a vibe because they knew about Sean when she was Mm -hmm. still in school and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And she said, don't worry. Like Sean's a great guy. He has a big heart and he's a good person. Mm -hmm. So things were progressing in their relationship. In 2000, 33-year-old Sean and 22-year-old Joy had their first child named Stone. This is super cute. It was a boy. But unfortunately that night, after visiting her daughter and grandson in the hospital, Gwendolyn collapsed and she died the very next day. What? Isn't that crazy? That is so spur of the freaking moment. What happened? I don't know. I didn't find any information regarding her death. It was, it seemed like it was sudden, but maybe she was older in age. I really don't Mm -hmm. know. Crazy and super sad right after the birth of her son. So, you know, you already know this devastated joy. Like her mother had been her life and it's just, she took it really, really hard. So now she really feels like the only people that she has in her life are Sean and Sheila. Her mom's gone. She doesn't have any contact really with her extended family. She's alone. When the polygamy first started, the two women didn't really mesh too well together, which is understandable. Like my man is saying, okay, I'm bringing another younger chick in this house and I'm going to be banging her. Ew, I got Kayla. 
Yeah, square up. Yeah, absolutely. Fists are flying. Are you I will black out. I will black out. Yeah. So they'd argue, the two women, but eventually they grew to like each other and would take care of each other's children when the other one had work or school or something like that. And eventually they saw each other as sisters. So mm, I, I guess. it'd be like that, you know? A year after the birth of Stone, Joy found herself pregnant again. So Sean threw her a baby shower and invited some of her old church friends. One of them said that on this day, Joy seemed to be like her old, jovial, happy self, while Sean was more like basically flinging his dick around the party, wanting everybody to know like he ran this fucking show, you know? Oh, I'm rhyming a lot. I'm not trying to, but yeah. (laughs) Which is so funny because it's like, of course he would because he thinks he's the man. He has two wives. He's birthing babies left and right. He thinks he's Abraham. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you joke. And literally all the children that they had were sons. So he probably did think he was Father Abraham. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nine months later, after that baby shower, they were invited to Joy's old high school friend's wedding. And people in attendance noticed how he talked to her and how he was kind of like really demanding. So he'd be like, Go get me a drink or go fix me a plate. You know, shit like that. Mm. <laughs> Y'all should see Chris's neck. Like, who? who are you, talking you saw to? that twitch? Like, ooh, get off you me, know? monkey. Get off me. Yeah. <laughs> Gorilla ape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joy also made it clear that things were becoming a little more tense between the couple. They were starting to argue more and he was becoming more controlling. He rarely even like let her out of her sight, out of his sight, which is disgustingly scary. And your thumb is on my ass. I don't like it. And for what? Literally. Joy communicated to her friend that even though she loved Sean and didn't want to hurt him, she was feeling trapped and just wasn't happy anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad she was honest with herself and like her friends, you know, like the situation isn't for me. Mm-hmm. At the end of the wedding night, Joy and her friends agreed that they would be linking up again soon. But unfortunately, they would never see her again. Okay. I know. This is so sad. Yeah. So here we go. They tried calling her and calling her, but she never responded. And they even went to her house, but she wasn't there. And after a week, there was still no word from Joy. Like no one had heard from her. So once they realized this and then they found out that the children were still home. Meaning that wherever Joy was, she didn't take her kids. And that's when they knew some shit was up. She would never just leave her kids like that. Yeah. And she just had her baby still young. Like, there's no way she would have done that. Right. Like, where is she? She still needs to breastfeed. Like, probably, yeah. She's still missing persons report, period. (laughs) Right now. Exactly. So her friends called Sean. They reached out to, you know, her husband, quote unquote. None of this shit's legal. And they said that... (laughs) They said, Sean said, oh, Joy just ran off to Europe. She left the kids. I'm distraught. I'm a hot mess. I don't know what to do. Stuff like that. Liar. But her friends, thank you. But her friends didn't believe his ass because she would never do some dumb shit like that. And they reported Joy missing on October 5th, 2003. Okay. Good for them. But what they didn't tell investigators, which kind of really confused me, is that Joy is in a polygamous relationship with her baby daddy and another woman. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't tell investigators that. That could play a huge role in why she's missing. Yeah. Like, who were they trying to protect? I hope it wasn't Sean. 
I think they were trying to protect Joy because if she did come back, they didn't want her to get in trouble for being in a polygamous relationship because Mm -hmm. it's illegal. So I Mm -hmm. get it. Investigators first reached out to Sean and he said that Joy had run off with an old boyfriend that she'd recently been like emailing and texting with and that the two decided to backpack through Europe together. Really random. He said Joy had taken money and left the kids and he was just beside himself. So why didn't you file the... Well, because he knows where she is. He feels like like he knows where she is. Liar. So so investigators asked for Joy's email so they could dig a little more into these claims. So I have a screenshot of an email for you guys that was dated October 6th, which is a day after Joy was reported missing, the day after the investigators talked to Sean. And it was from apparently Joy to one of her friends stating that she was with a man named Jason and that he's wonderful, that they're going to England and Ireland and France. And then the email even says, quote, when we come back, then I'll be able to decide, I think, what to do about the kids, where I want to live and what part of the country and all. Who knows? Maybe I'll become a makeup artist in France if I like it there well enough. I can dream, can't I? And I was just like, I don't like how he's talking to me. And I just said he because Joy didn't write this. But I'm like, did Sheila? Because it's giving a lot of description. Like he knew how a woman like texts or mail emails. Well, I will tell you the grammar in the in the email was horrendous. It didn't even seem like a woman would write like that, to be honest. It was giving very much rushed man writing this. Mm hmm. So, yeah. Wow. There were even emails between her and Sean with Joy saying, quote, I have to get out and experience the world around me and know that there is life outside of these four walls. And then Sean replied to that email saying, quote, I am so sorry I couldn't make you happy. Can you throw me out of the nearest window? <laughs> I'm like, what is this? Like, this is it's a fucking shit a show. You know, a load of baloney. Yeah, it's giving I watched a soap opera or read a true crime book and I'm trying to get away with some shit, you know? Right. And Sheila, where the heck are you? What are you doing? Literally, where is she? But we're going to get to it. So some were saying that they could see Joy doing something like this, but the people close to her knew damn well that these were not written by her. She would not run away with some random old boyfriend, especially without her children. It's not happening. And when police reached out to her old boyfriend, <laughs> Because let me tell you, Thank this you. police officer, um, I think her name was Investigator Lisa. I don't remember her last name, but she was working overtime. So I'm glad she was running up these leads. Thank so you, she Lisa. reached out to him. Thank you, Lisa. So she reached out to him and they spoke over the phone. And he basically said, Joy, you know, we had no plans together. Like we texted maybe once over these years, but we definitely aren't about to backpack nowhere. You know, so that shit's a fucking lie. It's giving suspicious. It's giving everything's unraveling pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. They decided to access Joy's cell phone records. And her last phone call was placed to Sean at 9.30 p.m. on September 19th, 2003. And that's 16 days before she was officially reported missing. Okay. So we're kind of getting a timeline of what may have happened to her when the last time she spoke to anyone. And clearly the last time she spoke to anyone from that cell phone, at least was fucking Sean. Mm-hmm. And Sean never mentioned this little phone call to the investigator when he spoke to her. So, you know, 
her ears are going up. She's like, why is he like withholding stuff from me? Right. So she wanted to dig a little more. And when she asked him about it, he said, oh, yeah, I forgot. We had a big argument and I left the house. That's when Joy called me to come back to the house. And when I got there, we just went to bed. But the next morning when I woke up, she was packing two suitcases and left in a car with a man. Like, That's what he no. said. No, 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 no. You were and not like, the fool. Lisa's not a fool. It's like, do you do you not remember what you just told me? You just told me that she just up and left and you had no idea what was going on. And now there's this whole fucking like timeline of 13 hours. I don't know how people <laughs> talk. I, I really don't know how people deal with people like this. Like, I, I would have already grabbed him by the collar and been smacking him like this. <laughs> like... <laughs> Tell the truth. Stop giving him lying. the ass whooping his mother <laughs> should have given him when he was a fucking child. That fat face. I would have wanted to slap that face. Just to see what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> and this is around the time that one of Joy's friends finally told police about the polygamous relationship. Like, are we taking the piss? Are we having a laugh? The I'm fuck like, took is so he long. hiding Sheila? Like, how are they not asking <laughs> who is she? Hmm. They don't like, know. They don't know who she is, Kristen. Like, no one has mentioned her. No one. And she's the first wife. <laughs> Poor girl. She's the first wife. Fly on the wall. Nobody cares. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> Just sad. In the show that I watched on Oxygen, the investigator, she was interviewed. And she was literally like, what the fuck has been going on? Like, why did anyone tell me? You could really tell that she was genuinely upset with this mm-hmm. and upset with the people, you know, around her. Cause it's like, hello, you guys should have just fucking told me if you're, her safety should be the number one thing that you guys are fucking worried about. Right. Not her getting in you trouble know, and you're you withholding information. Yeah. Like, what the heck? If anything, she's going to get a fine for being in a polygamous relationship. Like, she could be dead. Let us know something. Yeah. So now the investigator has two persons of interest, Sheila and Sean. So the investigator pulled up to Sheila's job. She said, you know, it's nice to just pop up on them, period. Mm -hmm. And she started to ask her questions. She said Sheila didn't know anything. She said she had no idea what happened to Joy over that weekend because Sheila wasn't even in town on that weekend. Mm -hmm. Sheila and the three children, remember, Joy has two kids with Sean. Sheila has one. She took the kids out of town to Santa Barbara and said that Sean told her he just wanted a special weekend alone with Joy. And when they came back, Sean said that Joy just up and left. Are you joking, Sheila? Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. Because for you to be taking her kids on a trip, Mm -hmm, if -hmm. if anything, they should be going somewhere. You should stay at the house with the kids. Why are you and the kids being uprooted? That's weird. That makes sense. But Sheila's so institutionalized. She's been with this man for years. She's probably endured his, you know, mental, maybe physical abuse. So she's in it real deep. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, Joy didn't even have a passport, y'all. So there's no way she could have got her cute black ass to Europe (laughs) to backpack through nobody's mountains and countryside. So as soon as I, as soon as I learned that, I would have been like, he did it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> now we know he's a liar. Yeah. Straight up. So when investigator Linda, oh shit, her name's Linda, y'all. I wrote it in here. It's Linda. Okay. Hop off my back. I read I'm a lot of shit. Saying, thank I you, Lisa. 
Girl, her name is Linda. Listen. So when investigator Linda called Sean and said she needed to speak with him because remember, Sean didn't tell Linda about his other wife either. It's just giving like you're being really shady and then you're trying to act like you're so concerned. You're not concerned. Mm -hmm. He agreed that she could come to his house at around 9 p.m. that day. But before the time even came, Sean walked his ugly mug into the police station himself, basically feeling the heat. You know, mm-hmm. feeling the heat. And he was like, I have to explain myself. So when he got there, he spoke to a man named John Teft and admitted that there was an accident involving Joy. And as a result of that accident, she was killed. Huh? Kristen. So when John, the interviewing investigator, when he referred to it as a murder, Sean corrected him and said, no, she was killed. So, you know, there's obviously a distinct difference between killing and murder. Like you can mm-hmm. hit, accidentally hit someone with your car and that's killing them. But murder mm-hmm. takes like malice intent behind it. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to get himself off already. Although you've been lying this entire time. About everything. And then yes. now you want to say, oh, now I'm going to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have nothing to base that upon. Like we just see you as a liar. Yeah. You're poking me in the eye, Pinocchio. So John pressed Sean for more information about what happened that night, the location of Joy's body, things like that. And that's when Sean indicated that he didn't want to talk anymore and he just wanted a lawyer. So, you know, because he knew they're not following. They're not believing this shit. And when it comes Mm -hmm. to locating her body, he does not want them to find her body. We're going to get to it. He was then arrested and booked into jail, but they could only hold him for 72 hours because the partial confession just wasn't enough for them to fully charge him. You know, Mm -hmm. now the investigators are on a tight ass time crunch. So they bring in Sheila for a formal interview. (laughs) Sheila, listen, yes, she was institutionalized, but she said like a canary was not about to cover this man's (laughs) ass for nothing. And I'm here for it. I'm glad she did. Yeah, Sheila saw this as like, this is finally my way out. Like, and she took it. She took it. She told them that while she was in Santa Barbara, Sean called her and said, quote, Joy was moving on. Well, I don't think it's a quote. It's not a quote. But she said that he told her that Joy was moving on, that she wouldn't be at the house when she got back. And neither would he because he was going to go with her to help her move on. (laughs) Bullshit for me. I'm like... How are we? She has full blown kids with you. Like, what are yeah. you saying? That's how you know. Like, you he saying? was just feeding Sheila anything he wanted to feed her, and she was gonna eat it. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, and he also said that when she got back to the house from Santa Barbara, there may be like some blood, you know, in the bathroom or in the room because Joy had an accident and hurt herself before she left. So when you get there, just clean it up for me. <gasps> Kayla. Yes. And Sheila being as dumb and glum as she wants to be. She just cleaned it up, Kristen. Didn't ask no other question. Yeah, sure. I'll do it. Poor woman. Like, poor Sheila. She, somebody told her you need to be submissive and gave her the completely wrong definition of it. Yes. Good Lord. Police were able to confirm that Sheila was, in fact, in Santa Barbara and was not involved in Joy's disappearance. Because at first they thought maybe she was, you know, a part of the whole thing. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. a part of it. Mm -hmm. So with Sean still in a 72-hour hold in jail, police asked Sheila if she's cool with them searching the house. 
And she said, by all means, get what mm. you need. And they got what they needed. Blood was found on the walls in the living room and the bedroom in like a pattern that suggested someone was moving while they were bleeding, possibly trying to get away from their attacker or, you know, being chased, something like that. And then they found that there were large pools of blood in the bathroom that suggested that's probably where the attack ended. Hey, they also found that the emails sent to Joy's friends after her disappearance were all sent from Sean's computer. You tried. (laughs) You idiot. You didn't try hard enough. You didn't try at all. You sat there at home. Dumb, dumb. But they probably didn't know that you could trace all that shit back. The IP address. Yeah. What year is it? Like 2003? Yeah. Yeah. So So investigators feel that they have enough to charge Sean with murder, but they still don't have Joy's body and Sean is still not talking. So they get a warrant to check out Sean's credit card statements to kind of follow his trail and, you know, from the days leading up to Joy's disappearance and after. And they found that Sean had made a purchase at a hardware store, including the following items. A hacksaw, a shovel, an ice pick, a sledgehammer, and a tarp. All items that were never found at his home or anywhere like that he had access to. I'm like, if somebody's buying all these items and I'm checking them out, I, I'm like, <laughs> Chris, I'm scanning. And I'm, but I'm looking at them like, do I sniff out any malice whatsoever? Or are they like going to go build something? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm looking Ugh. at you like, let me remember um, the name on this credit call just in case, you know? Mm hmm. He also rented a car during the time Joy went missing and drove 800 miles with it. So that's like 400 to wherever he went, 400 back to where he is, which leaves about a half a million square miles that Joy's body could be. Hasn't really narrowed down anything. (laughs) So the police are like, fuck. And they tried. They tried to look, Kristen. They they tried their little hearts out and didn't didn't have no fucking luck. But three months later, in January of 2004, January 10th to be exact, a couple hiking in Maricopa County, Arizona, which is almost exactly 400 miles from San Diego, smelled like the distinct, horrible smell of decomposition. Mm. And then they walked up to a pile of like rocks that kind of was in the shape of like a makeshift grave shrine type of thing. You guys will see the pictures. I'll post them. And when the deputy arrived and started removing the rocks, he almost immediately saw a skeletal arm and then hair. Now, if you're on Patreon, you will see these pictures. They're kind of awful. The one with the hair just really, really got to me. Oh, wow. Look at that. Really got to me. (sighs) Like, this was a person. This was joy, man. This, this was, was joy. joy. And it's so fucking heartbreaking. And they weren't able to clearly identify joy by her remains. So they put the DNA from like her bone marrow. They took some and they put it in a database and they got a hit from the San Diego database. And it was indeed joy. But this process took like eight months. So can you just imagine like how her family, or her, I don't know if she has family, but her friends were feeling, you know, pissed. It's so sad. Like, yeah. who has time? Why are you taking all day? Like, how many people are getting yeah. murdered on a daily basis for you to be taking eight months for something? Grace, a lot of murders happen. 
I know. Things take time. And this is still 2004. So it's probably, you know, almost 20 years ago. Holy shit. Like, this is why one of the reasons why I like, I literally would advocate for private investigations for every Mm -hmm. investigation. It's almost like an audit for the police people. Like, we need to check y'all out. Make sure y'all acting right. I agree. Because eternal affairs don't really seem like they're doing what the fuck they need to be doing. Okay. After performing an autopsy on her remains, investigators learned that the bones in her face were crushed. Oh, Lord. Her upper and lower jaws were missing. Yeah. As well as her fingers. And Joy was also stabbed over 12 times. Jeez Louise. Like he dismembered her. her. He thought he was slick. Let me get rid of her teeth and her fingerprints. You idiot. Mm -hmm. Like her DNA is in the the bones. You should have burnt her alive. Dummy. Chrissy, he should have done any fucking thing to her. He shouldn't have laid a damn finger on her. I know. I'm just saying, like, if you're going to do something, do it right. I just hate him so much. So in July of 2006, John went on trial for first degree murder. And yes, he testified in his own defense. Narcissist. Like, what? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He claimed that Joy is the one that came at him with a knife and that he was just defending himself. Like, Kayla, how did we get here from youth pastor to polygamist pastor to Mm -hmm. murdering people pastor? Right. No, not even a pastor. I mean, deadbeat now because he's fired. Yeah, he's probably not even working at all. Like, what the fuck is he doing? I don't know. But I don't understand why he escalated to taking her life. Maybe because he didn't want her to take the children if she were, you know, to divorce him or whatever the case may be, which sounds like him. He wants ultimate control. For me, it sounds like a person who was so jealous. Like, Joy seemed like she was the light of the party, you know? And, like, then maybe, like, I don't know. It just sounds like he was jealous of her light, and so he wanted to snuff it out. Kristen, you better preach. That makes me sick. Yep. Well, get ready to be a little bit more sick, because I'm going to play a clip for you guys. Of him testifying on his own behalf in court. And he's a fake crying. It's probably the worst fake cry that I have ever seen. Even outside of like the Kyle Rittenhouse fake cry. How about saying <laughs> that one was bad. That was but rough. this one was this one was really bad. So Sean said that when they came back from the restaurant, apparently he lured her to a restaurant that night, he showed Joy a picture of herself hitting one of their children. And he then told her he wanted her to leave and that he was going to keep the children. That's when he said Joy came at him with a knife. He then punched her in the face and then accidentally stabbed her and in a panic, stabbed her again. So that's two stab wounds. Oh, accident. Correct. So he continues to explain in the clip that you guys are about to listen to. And if you're on Patreon, you're about to see his ugly eyes. At that point, she kind of just went limp. And believe that she was dead. I call the police. They're going to arrest me. They're going to charge me with murder. And I'll be away from my kids forever. I don't know how <laughs> people in court be doing it. Like, I would be looking Keeping a the- straight face? <laughs> like, ooh. <laughs> no. Don't put the camera on me in court. Because I'm giving all <laughs> types of freaking looks. Ew, Kayla. Yeah, girl. Yeah, girl. I'm so upset. 
Like I'm I'm more yeah. so upset because I'm like, here is this person who's trying to feign like he's a good person and you mm-hmm. took her life. She trusted yep. you, she confided in you, she thought that you were gonna give her a better life, and you yep. took hers. For yep. what? She gave you kids. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's just pure, it's straight evil. You have to be evil to be like this. So ultimately, the official story is that Joy made it clear that she wanted out of the relationship. But somehow, Sean was able to lure her to a last-ditch effort, like, restaurant date that night. And when they got back to the house, that's when Sean attacked her. And from the blood evidence that we we're already aware of, chased her around the house and, you know, eventually stabbed her a dozen times. He then put her body in the bathtub, and that's where he dismembered her. He removed her fingers and apparently he like sawed her teeth out oh my god so she couldn't be identified and as he drove to arizona he would stop along the way and like throw various parts out Kayla. to the dumpsters and yeah mm-hmm. until he basically only had her torso left and that's what they found buried in arizona mm-hmm. i'm so disgusted mm-hmm. i don't understand really why bad. he did it if she wanted out Give her out. Let her go. You can't you still take have a kids. wife left. Like you can't take my kids. You can't take what belongs to me. You belong to me. How dare you think that you can leave? It's it's that type of shit. Yep. Oh God. If you even get a whiff of that, y'all, from your significant other, you better get the hell up out of Dodge. Please like, get the hell why- up out of Dodge. I'm just going to let you know now, significant other, if you ever try me, like, you're going to know if you're listening you're messing with, if you're listening, like, you're going to know who you're messing with before anything ever goes down. Like, I'm, I'm cutting first, period. And I'm cutting where it's going to hurt. Don't be on no, like, controlling, no, you know, weird shit. Cause I'm going to give you the energy you're going to be looking for, sir. <laughs> 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 you better ask somebody (laughs) all of that you know all of that (laughs) okay Kristen we're almost done stop we can't stop so sleepy so the prosecution came with some tea during the trial. So some things we learned from the trial was that one, when asked about the supplies Sean bought a week before Joy's disappearance, he claimed it was for a home improvement project. But Sheila would later testify that he don't be doing none of that. That ain't the type of stuff he into. And if it was a home improvement, it should be at the house. Where is the stuff? <laughs> Where is it? Thank you. Two, no, listen to this. One of Sean's friends said that the two of them had previously discussed the plot to a murder where the character commits the perfect murder and gets away with it. How many times we've heard that? That same friend also said that Sean discussed getting rid of Joy just a few weeks before she disappeared. Oh, just can't. You can't shut your fucking mouth. Just shut right. up. A lot of killers, unfortunately, would get away with their shit if they just shut up. Yep. But they still haven't learned that yet, so. Nope. Luckily for us. Right. And number three, according to Sheila, Joy did at least get to speak to her children one last time before, you know, she died. And it was around 8.30 p.m. the day before she was murdered. So that's one 
you know, good thing. She got to at least talk to them. This is horrible. It's really bad. After five days of testimony and after deliberating for only three hours, the jury found 36-year-old Sean Barclay Goff or Joff guilty of first-degree murder. And he was sentenced to 26 years in prison. 26 years. years. I'm sorry. I thought I heard life. (laughs) I thought I heard death penalty scheduled for next week. And is it because his victim was black? I want to say that. Like, I'm really just trying to figure out. I, it's hard not to draw conclusions. Like, it really is Mm -hmm. because out of all the different cases that we've heard, all I'm hearing Mm -hmm. is life sentences and death. Life, and life, then life, all life, of a sudden, life. I'm hearing 26 years for dismembering a person's body, killing them, and dropping it along the way. And you give yes, him 26 Kristen. years? You give him 26 years. And I'm thinking, I'm like, what if he took the life of Sheila? You know, would, it, would he have gotten life? Sheila was a Caucasian woman. Mm-hmm. Would he have gotten life? You know, I hate to ask that question, but it kind of really pissed me off. 26 years for that heinous crime that is that was clearly premeditated thank you it's the premeditation for me it's the lengths he went to or went through to get rid of her body for me yeah yeah so now he's like what like 53 or something i don't know he sucks i don't care and he's currently housed at the valley state prison in chowchilla california and will be eligible for parole in december of 2024 wow Yep. Joy really did want to be a makeup artist and planned to enroll into cosmetology sh- school before her death. She mm. was super young, vibrant, ready to start her life, thought she had someone in her life that loved her mm. unconditionally, and he fucking killed her. You just, just you just never know who you're falling in love with. Nope. Nope. Oh, God. That's why you gotta love yourself first. So when you see these type of flags, you get the to step in you know right right and Oof. i'm I, part of me is like just happy that gwendolyn did not have to be there or be alive yeah. to see yeah. her daughter or hear about her daughter life being taken away from her yes indeed <sighs> yes indeed it's hard and that's our case for this week that's our case oh <laughs> freaking sean you creep me out you pasty <laughs> No shade, and they're all no, being pasty. But no his shade. pasty is his pasty is like a f- dirty, gross, like clammy, nasty yes. pasty. If anybody's pasty, girl, buy it. You're pasty, whatever. Do you? But this type <laughs> of pasty is like I don't take care of myself. I'm sweating. Yeah. I work at a morgue like this, and yeah. I eat the flesh. Like this is that type <laughs> of pasty. So it's giving uh, undead. It's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, rest all in right. peace, rest in peace, joy. Rest in peace, joy, team joy all the way. And we really want to know what you guys thought about this case. Holy cannoli. Please let us know on Instagram, Twitter. What else we got? TikTok, chat, Facebook, <laughs> everything. We want to hear from you. We love you guys yeah. so much. Yeah. Thank you for listening this week. Kristen, do you have anything to say before we go? Um, no. But I do have one <laughs> thing to say that we usually say which is be safe protect your peace and protect your space so we don't have to cover your case bye Bye. (laughs) good job